Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad that you are here. In this conversation, I am joined by Nikki Nash, who is a marketing expert. I love speaking to people in marketing because we can kind of just go wherever the conversation takes us. Nikki is the creator of Market Your Genius, a training and development brand on a mission to equip entrepreneurs with the tools and the resources they need to share and to profit from their message. She has an incredible book called Market Your Genius, and it's all about using digital marketing, using online marketing to build trust and to attract your dream clients to your business. If you are a service-based business owner, if you are wanting to build a personal brand, then this conversation is a must listen. All right, let's dive in to my chat with the wonderful Nikki Nash. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad to have you on the show all the way from New Jersey. How the heck are you? Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is literally the highlight of my day. (laughs) And I'm doing pretty well considering it's freezing in New Jersey right now. So, you know, yes, I'm just snuggling up with uh, sweaters and blankets. But outside of that, I'm great. (laughs) And we were just talking before we hit record about uh, the difference of like, Christmas and how, oh, I'm hoping it's going to be beautiful and warm and lovely. And you're kind of preparing for the exact opposite. So it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. So I'm really excited to chat today because firstly, it's always great to connect with people just through the internet. How wonderful is this? But also I love chatting to people who are in marketing because we can kind of just go wherever we want. So we're going to be talking about marketing today. Specifically, we're going to be talking about marketing your genius and how you build a personal brand that attracts people to your business. And I'm so, so excited about this. But before we begin, tell us, Nikki, about your business. What did you, what do you do and how did you start? Yes. So um, I'll start with the how the heck I got here, because <laughs> like most people, their path is is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I actually was in college, an English major and wanted to be a journalist. And I did this summer program at NYU and uh, it was on the publishing industry and I fell in love with the marketing people. So I went to meet the journalists and the editorial, like the editors of different publications. And I'm like, these marketing people are really fun. I'm going to be <laughs> one of them. And <laughs> next thing I knew, I was at InStyle Magazine in their marketing department. And then I moved over to Travel and Leisure Magazine. And then I ended up at an ad agency and managed... Um, print advertising for craft foods. And I noticed that I kept wanting to be closer and closer to the person making decisions. And so I'm like, all right, it's cool. At like 24, 25, I was managing millions of crafts food 
<laughs> and like advertising yeah. budget. But I'm like, why did they choose print over other mediums for this budget? And I wanted to be a part of those decisions. So I went back to school, got my MBA, um, and turned out Coca-Cola do not drink soda was like, this just doesn't feel like an aligned fit for me in terms of a career path. Um, And ended up taking a job at Intel in their um, America's marketing department, managing online and digital marketing. And it was at an interesting time because I really feel like I got the job outside of the fact that I do think I'm a smart person, but I think, you know, the things that I sold in on were the fact that I was young and millennials were cool then, right? Like this is when millennials were cool and I I had a blog. Are we we still cool? I feel like, I I mean, I think we're cool, but I feel like probably marketers are always on to the next generation. We need their money and they don't really care about us anymore. Um, But at the time, millennials were really cool. So it was a good time for me to get into corporate um, and uh, be a part of the online marketing kind of career path. And so I was in charge of their North America online advertising and marketing, really. So I did content marketing, advertising, events. Um, It was almost like being an entrepreneur internally to a certain degree because I had limited budgets and I would get really scrappy. Like, who can I partner with who has a budget that will do this really cool thing that I want to do? Yes. (laughs) And I would work with bloggers and influencers and it was a lot of fun. Um, But long story short, I found out that ovarian cancer ran in my family And I was living on the West Coast. My whole family was on the East Coast in New Jersey. And I was like, you know what? One, I want to be closer to family. And two, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in a cubicle. And um, I found out that I didn't have the gene for um, ovarian cancer. But I still decided that I wanted to choose a career path that was more in alignment for me. And so I quit my job without a plan. I went to Mexico for two weeks. The first week was amazing. The second week I was freaking out because I was making six figures in corporate. And I'm like, how the heck am I going to make any money? And I ended up taking a head of marketing job at a tech startup for about a year and a half before I really started my business. And essentially what I do now is I help um, entrepreneurs take their experiences and expertise and turn that into a profitable business. And especially in the early stage or when you're established, but um, still maybe not at consistent revenue or or where you want to be, the three most important things are essentially marketing sales and delivering, you know, your services. So I really focus heavily on the marketing side of how do you get leads? How do you warm them up so that when, you know, you get them on a sales call or you um, invite them to buy your course or whatever program you have, that they're already a heck yeah and are really just want some answers yes. <laughs> or like your vibe before they officially say yes. Um, so that's that's the area that I typically play in. But I work primarily with, I call them expertpreneurs. So, you know, the consultants, course creators, coaches, authors, speakers, um, practitioners, healers, that sort of crowd. I love that. I love that your journey, it seems like you have just had this um, kind of this bravery of going, all right, I've done corporate, I've done this, I've worked in so many different industries and I've just kind of been able to, like I love that you've just taken the leap and gone, this doesn't feel right anymore. doesn't mean it was a wrong decision or it doesn't mean it wasn't the right fit 
for a season, but that you just went, we're just going to, I'm just going to jump into something different. I love that you like that process. And so when you, what year did you start your business? Like officially? I officially started um, full time in March, like the first week of March of 2016. And I didn't know, like, I didn't really realize it at the time, but I had it as a side hustle for a couple of years before that. And and the reason why I would say I didn't really know that I had it is that um, I would have friends that would ask me to help them with their marketing for launching their businesses and they would pay me, but I didn't really think it was a thing. They just paid me because they didn't want to not pay me. And I was like, sure. And then I would teach marketing workshops to entrepreneurs, but I was just doing it like, ah, I'll get extra clash because I'm living in a one bedroom apartment in downtown Boston. (laughs) It was like a couple of grand for my rent. So I was like, yeah, any side hustle, like cash helps. But I didn't really realize that that information and experience would be so valuable in my business when I quit my job. Yeah. But full time started um, early 2016. That's incredible. And so in starting you know, building your brand, because we're going to talk about building your personal brand. What are some of the the missteps that you've taken along the way? Do you have any that stand out that you're like, oh my gosh, when I started, I did this and it was funny or terrible or? <laughs> yeah, no, there were a couple of things. I think the first misstep was that I had a perception of what an entrepreneur, specifically like somebody who was doing any form of business type consulting, whether it was marketing consulting or business coaching or things along those lines, I had this perception of how I had to show up in the world. And it was very much a corporate version of myself. And when I started my business, I had left corporate, like true corporate, I maybe left three, two, two, two years before. And so, and then I went into startups where, you know, you're pretty much in sweatpants. And even in corporate, I worked at a tech company. So it wasn't like I had to dress up, but I didn't have to, I could wear jeans if I wanted to on certain yeah. days, right? And so when I started my business, I would do these videos and I thought I had to be fancy. And I would get these <laughs> like tweed blazers from Rent the Runway. And I would go to my parents' house and we have what I like to call the Christmas room because we only go in there for Christmas and it has furniture that looks like it should be in like Downton Abbey or something. And I would sit in these like fancy chairs in this fancy room trying to seem fancy to teach people content marketing. And it was so out of alignment with who I am, but I, it, it, I wasn't coming from a place of trying to be something I wasn't. I was coming from the place of, I thought that that's how I would be taken seriously. Yeah. Especially because I already in general look young for my age. (laughs) Um, and I was new to this and I just, I was like, I need to look as professional and, you know, put together as possible. And it wasn't until, I remember I was kind of like, screw this. And I did a photo shoot with a friend in Boston. um, And I was wearing like ripped jeans and heels and like things that I would normally wear, but it's still like a polished photo shoot, but it was, it was very much me. So I think not being myself all the time would be a big one. And then the second one I would say was inconsistent marketing. So I started doing Facebook lives at the time and I did them regularly And I had a probably unrealistic expectation on 
the return on investment of going live. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, I went live and therefore I should just have a consistent flow of clients coming, knocking on my door every five seconds. And um, so I stopped doing it. And of course, months later, people who watched the early lives consistently were like, I'm now ready to work with you. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you were watching because you never commented. But that's cool that you watch those videos. And it's also been, you know, eight months or so. So maybe I was unrealistic in terms of who would uh, uh, alert me that they were paying attention and how long it would take them to be ready to say yes. Yeah, that makes so, so much sense. And I find that comes up a lot. You know, we do a 15 minute clarity call and just anyone could book a call with me. And I find a lot of the time when people want to work with us one-on-one or they join our program, they will say like, oh yeah, I've been, I've been listening to your podcast since you started. I've been following you on Instagram for however long. And it's kind of, it always fascinates me. I'm like, oh, okay. Sometimes we think we are, I don't think sometimes we recognize that we're putting things out into the world and we can kind of not see the immediate result, but It's like, yeah, there is this timeline of how long someone needs to get to know you before they're ready to kind of work with you or take the next step. So I love that. That makes so much sense that we can kind of think, well, hey, I posted about an offer or I went live or I launched a podcast or I did this thing. How come there's no one like knocking on my door? And I think that's where that consistency thing it becomes so, so important. Absolutely. It's so important. And I think a lot of times it goes under, it's undervalued where people, you know, especially if you have a lot of ideas or you're a creative person, you go, okay, well, I did this thing and that was fun, but I'm now over it and you want to move on to the next Mm -hmm. thing. And it's like, no, don't kill the thing that is getting you real traction in your business, even if you don't see it yet. Yeah. Because you have to do something for a long time before it starts, you know, getting you real results. And oftentimes people stop right before they're like, for lack of a better term, big break was going to come from doing that thing that they've been doing over and over and over again. Yes. And and that is so true because as creatives, we do want to be doing the new thing. We want to be innovating and we love change and we're happy with we we love new and new opportunities all those things but the thing I find as well and I don't know if you find this Nikki but like because there's so much noise online if we keep chopping and changing our approach or our branding or the way we sound online or even our offers if we keep changing those things it's harder for us to become known for something and when you're building, like, like you teach people how to like market your genius, how to build a personal brand, how to be, like be positioned as an expert, it's really hard to do that if you're like, I do this. No, actually, I don't do that anymore because I've got bored. So I'm going to go do this now. And it's like it can feel repetitive and maybe a little boring for a creative, but that's where the success is because you become known for that thing. Absolutely. And if you look at, you know, some of the big personal brands out there um, and what it doesn't matter how somebody feels about the person. But if you look at, you know, whether it's Gabby Bernstein or Marie Folio or Brendan Bouchard, 
um, or even Lewis Howes, like they they've offered the same thing for years, yeah. right? Like the same exact thing. Maybe you know they they add something new every you know few years or something, but they're doing the same events, the same launches, the same programs over and over and over and over again. But that's what they become known for. And you have to do the same thing until you almost break through this. I'm going to call it the sound barrier where people can actually start hearing what you're doing. And so if you keep changing what you're offering or keep changing your marketing plan, it's the equivalent of instead of, you know, breaking through the wall in the exact same spot, hitting the same spot over and over again, and then seeing it break is like hitting it lightly all over the place. And then it's not really doing anything. You're not going to make a dent. You're not going to break the glass or whatever it is you're trying to do. You're just going to have a whole bunch of really tiny scratches yeah. on the surface, right? Like, But if you focus and you hit the same area over and over and over again, sooner or later, you're going to break through. And all of a sudden you're going to go, wow, my business has like quadrupled or quantum leaped or done something crazy because you were able to break through um, kind of the wall that's between people knowing who you are and people not knowing who you are. Yeah, that makes, that is such a good analogy because it does feel, it can feel like that quantum leap thing of like, I have been showing up like people who say, oh, like they're an overnight success. And it's like, no, 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 it's taken years <laughs> to become an overnight success, whatever that really means. So I think that, oh, that totally, totally resonates. And so when we're thinking about a like building a personal brand and positioning yourself as an expert, firstly, do you think there's still space in, in you know, Instagram land, in online marketing? Do you think there's still space for this? And do you think there's still value in doing this? Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things that people don't realize is that, you know, there are billions of people on the planet. And even if there's a number of people in your space, and even if there's a number of well-known people in your space, there are going to be people who have never heard of any of their names before. There are going to be people who don't resonate with them at all, right? And it's nothing wrong with them. It's just you are on a certain frequency that's going to attract the people who vibe with you, right? Mm. And so there are people on the planet who do not vibe with me and they're just going to go, you know what, Nikki, I really don't want to listen to you. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. We're not on the same wavelength or vibe here. That's okay. But if I show up and I am myself and I keep sharing my message, then the people who are on my frequency or my wavelength or whatever you want to call it, they're going to hear me and they're going to pay attention to me. And that that is worth something. And you don't need a million followers in order to have a profitable personal brand business. You know, most people need 10, 15, 20, 30 clients, right? Maybe a hundred clients. Okay. You need a hundred clients. Maybe you need a thousand, two thousand, five thousand people who know you exist, right? 10,000 people who know you exist. Okay. You can do that and it, it'll take time, but you don't need, you know, millions of followers yeah. in order to be successful. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And why do you think for someone who, you know, for a lot of our listeners, you know, they're creatives or they work in health and there's like this this element of uh, they are they provide the service um, and so they, they're kind of the face of the brand. Why do you think 
it's so important to position yourself as an authority and to show you yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think that when you are building that sort of personal brand business where you're um, either the service provider or, or you're the face of the company, mm-hmm. you need to choose the one thing that people are going to go to you for and trust you for and you're going to be credible for. So being known for one thing, it's like you want to be the go-to person for something, right? And and I always use the example of actors, right? So when most actors start off in a category, right? Not all of them, but a lot of them are known. Maybe I, I use Matthew McConaughey a lot. He was known for a while as the romantic comedy guy, yes. right? <laughs> And then it took him a while and it took some persuading, but then somebody gave him a break and was like, you know what, let's see how you do in a drama. And then he was able to round out how he's perceived as an actor, but he had to first be known enough such that if somebody said, hey, Matthew McConaughey wants to get on the phone with you, the person's not like, who the heck is that? Right? So you have to choose something that you're going to be known for, even if you know that you have bigger aspirations, even if you want to be known for more than one thing. It's like get known for one thing first so that you could break out. And the same, you know, think about Oprah. Oprah um, started off, honestly, as as I think a news anchor, and they (laughs) got fired because they're like, you know what? your personality isn't right or something like that. I could be partially wrong. (laughs) Definitely look that up. But I know that she had a job at a news station that did not go well yet. Then she has her show is interviewing people left and right, grows her audience, grows her brand. And now she has um, a much larger scale brand that touches on spirituality, mindfulness, health and wellness. You know, she's, she's become more of a, a lifestyle brand, but she didn't start, as a lifestyle brand, she started interviewing people. Right. And so I think you just need to do something and do it really well, become known for it, be the best you can be at it, have that association. So people know your name and then, you know, you can start adding to the plate of things that you're known for revealing more of yourself, showing more things. It's not like I want to be the marketing person for the rest of my life, but I can talk marketing all day, every day. So we're going to do that until somebody's like, oh yeah, Nikki Nash, I know who she is. And then I can start adding to, you know, the list of things that I could potentially be known for. Yes. And that makes so much sense because I think when it comes to niching as well and becoming known for that one thing, it can feel a little bit like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be, I know for me, when I started Lala Social Club, I was, I, my niche was social media for cafes. Like I was like hospitality, that is my niche. That was my background. I knew that really well. And so I was, that was my niche, but I realized I don't want to be stuck in this. And I also didn't want to be stuck in being the Instagram girl. You know, I was like, this, like, this is not sustainable for me long-term. So, but I had to become known for that thing first to build that trust. And, and it takes time to evolve and, and even still, I'm like, oh, there's heaps of things that I'm like, you know, down the line, I'd love to become known for this. I'd love to specialize in this and study more in this. But at the moment, it's this is really working. So I think taking that pressure off, oh, well, Matthew McConaughey, he has to do rom-coms for the rest of his life. He was offered so much money to do rom-coms and he was like, no, I'm not going to do anymore. And it's like, 
so cool that, you know, to think he was like, it cost him to not do that, you know? And I think he just had this conviction about where he wanted to go. Um, And I feel like we can get to that same point where we go, you know, maybe not we're being offered millions and millions of dollars to star alongside Kate Hudson, but (laughs) you know, he can, like, I think we can actually evolve and not just feel like, oh crap, now I'm stuck. I'm pigeonholed as like the social media for hospitality thing (laughs) or whatever that is. Yeah. So what would you say to someone listening who is like, yes, okay, Nikki, I know I need to build my brand, my personal brand. I know I need to put myself out there, but I'm a little bit shy. I'm struggling with the idea of self-promotion. What would you say to someone who feels like that? Oh, I love this question because the first thing that I would say is that it's not about you. And I think so often what gets people freaked out or nervous or self-conscious about putting themselves out there is that uh, oftentimes I hear things like, well, I don't want it to be about me and, you know, who's going to listen to me and am I good enough and and all of these thoughts. And even if you, at your core, you're like, I don't want this to be about me, you're making it about you yeah. because all of those thoughts are about you. And so when I think about it, I'm not Nikki Nash putting herself out there and I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm Nikki Nash. I'm like, no, I am fed up with people getting wrong messages about how to do certain things and how to build a profitable business. And if I don't say something, who the heck is going to say something, yeah. right? And so I'm, I'm a vessel for information or a vehicle for transformation, right? I am just here and I am not, you know, it's, it's weird because on one end it's like, I do need to make a name for myself to a certain extent so that I can continue to share the message and share other messages, but I also need to not make it about me. So anytime I show up or anytime I create content or coming here to chat with you. I didn't come here to chat with you so that I could talk about myself, right? I came here to chat with you because my hope is that somebody listening to this podcast is going, you know what? That was really helpful. I'm taking notes. I'm going to implement that. I'm going to think about this differently. And so when you're able to show up from that space, it makes it more inspiring and more selfless, right? And so it's like, I get it. You're nervous let's be real. You're going to mess up. You're going to stutter. I listen to myself. I'm pretty confident. I say the word like a million times and it drives me nuts when I listen to it again. But even when I hear myself saying it, I can't stop it. Right. And so I'm just going, okay, Nick, could I be better? Always. But did somebody get value out of what I just said? Yes. Or hopefully yes. And I usually keep my parameter of did one person walk away with some value and it always helps. So real talk guys, if you have gotten any value from this, send me a DM on Instagram or something and let (laughs) me know that I didn't fail you in this interview. Right. Uh, But, but that's how I look at it is I go, all right, it's not about me. I get it. I'm, I'm, there's going to be somebody who's probably going to leave a negative comment. There's going to be somebody who's not going to like what I'm going to say. I'm going to be nervous. I'm probably going to stutter. I'll probably say the word like a couple of times. I will most definitely look back on this and go, wow, I was terrible. But did somebody walk away with value from what I said? And if the answer is yes, then keep going, keep doing it and don't worry about everything else. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes so, so much sense. And on a practical level, because what I love about your approach, Nikki, is is your 
helping people to attract the right people into their business, the right customers. And I love that it's less about pushing to like, you know, some sometimes the like online marketing space can feel like we're going to do all these things to trick people into buying what we're selling. And I love that your approach is, no, we're, we're here to serve and we're here to, if you pos- market yourself in the right way, you're going to attract the right people without having to push and hustle and, and do all of that. So what would you say to someone who is like on a practical level? And let's take Instagram, for example. How do we show up on Instagram and position ourselves as an expert? Is there, do you have any content strategies or any tips and tricks on that? Yeah. So I would say start at the highest level and, and ask yourself, what is the problem that I'm uniquely qualified to solve? Like, what is the thing that I know I can help people with day in and day out? You know, at the beginning, if you were like, I can help cafes get more foot traffic from Instagram, then say, I can help cafes get more (laughs) foot traffic from Instagram, right? And then I want every piece of content that you put out there to be about ways in which cafe owners can get more traffic into their business from Instagram things. And you can cover it from different angles. Mindset, you can cover it from consistency, you can cover it from content, right? But you choose the one problem that you know that you have the solution for. And then you it's going to get really boring and repetitive. But essentially, you say the same thing over and over again in different ways until people go, wow, you know a lot about this. You're brilliant at this. This was really helpful. Oh, I'm going to tell when my other friend who has a cafe, I'm going to tell them to check you out and to follow you because you know what you're talking about, right? And so you start at the highest level of, hey, what can I absolutely help people with? Then you break that down. And what I like to do is there's this exercise I I have my clients do, and you, you can do it. It's really easy. I call it the 100. And you write down 100 questions. I mean, it's not literally 100 questions. I'm going to give you categories, but all of these make up 100. Like questions that you know your target audience will have about the problem you can help them solve beliefs that they need to have or beliefs that are getting in their way from having the solution to their problem, right? Um, Any fears that you know are coming up for them, things that they need to know in order to get the desired results, and any sort of like micro questions, right? If you're helping somebody with getting more foot traffic into uh, the store, foot traffic's only going to help them if they have a, a cafe worth visiting, right? So you may need to talk to them about some other things to make sure that the experience is great once people get in, otherwise they won't have repeat customers, right? And so, um, or they'll have negative reviews and it doesn't matter how much you market on Instagram, nobody's going to want to <laughs> get there, right? So using that as an example. So you just want to kind of come up with a list of a hundred things that you could easily talk about specifically to your target audience, that will make their life easier. And these things can be really small. You know, it could be, I'm just going to use marketing as an example, but how to do an Instagram reels, but not like what to talk about. Like literally, where do you hit the reels button and how do you record it, right? Instagram reels, when I started, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. (laughs) I was just hitting buttons, right? But then once I figured out what the buttons did, if I wanted to, I could easily have done a, here's what all the buttons mean and what to do about it. Here's how to figure out 
which sa- uh, sounds are trending. Here's how to create your own sound. I'm, I'm making this up, but you just come up with a list and just do a brain dump, a hundred things. And then guess what? You have more than enough content because if you tackle one of those topics a week, you have like two years worth of content, right? And you get to choose what it is that you want to talk about week after week. Um, and the best part is, is as you start producing content, people will engage, people will ask you questions, and then that'll give you more ideas and more things to talk about. Yeah, that is so, so good. And so it's really about adding value and educating people. But what I, I what I love about that, the 100 thing, I love that, is that you're still framing it as we're not just putting out content for content's sake. It has to solve either like speak to a belief that they have, speak to a fear that they have, speak to a pain point that they're experiencing, not just like, here's something you should know about this particular thing. It has to have, um, it kind of has to have grit to it. Like it has to speak to something that your customer or your ideal client really, really wants. Absolutely. And the best part is, is when you keep it in alignment with what you offer, then all you have to do is say, and this is particularly relevant for people with service-based businesses, but it's like, if you would like support working through this fear with me, or if you would like support working on this fear, I invite you to hop on a free consultation call with me, and then we can talk about it further and then see if working together is right for you. If you if you found this tip helpful, I give 100 more tips and the strategy that you need to be successful in my course click the link in my bio to learn more about my course, right? It's a natural progression to quote unquote selling. But the way I look at selling is really, hey, if you know that you have this problem that I've been talking about, and if you resonate with me and anything I've said has been helpful and you're like, you know what? I could move further faster if I joined one of your programs or worked with you, or I could really see myself getting true results if I joined one of your programs or worked with you, then all you're doing is inviting them. And you don't have to invite them directly to a sales call if you don't want to. You can say, if you found this helpful, drive them to a webinar or something. If you found this helpful, I go into, I share this tip and even more on this free training that I'm doing. And at the end of the training, we'll, you, you'll be able to determine if working with me is right for you. And then you don't have to send them directly to a call. But in my opinion, marketing should lead to either people on your email list or people booking calls with you if you're selling via calls or chats if you're sent like conversations um, if you're selling via chat or something like that. So leads (laughs) and conversations. Yeah. And I like I, I love the totally agree with leading them off the platform is great because it's like leading them to somewhere where you own that channel is a really, really important strategy because we don't, we want a holistic um, plan, not just like, you know, tunnel vision on Instagram. Um, And DMs are an incredible way to sell, like such a powerful way to sell as well. Like I love that as a call to action. It's such an easy one to just slide on in to my DMs kind of thing. It's a really, really great strategy as well. Well, Nikki, you have, I have loved chatting with you. Honestly, I feel like you're my kindred spirit from a different hemisphere and it's glorious. Everything you said, I'm like, 100%, I agree, 100%. Where can people follow you? Where can people engage with you further? And can you tell us just a little bit about your incredible book? 
Yes, absolutely. So I'll, I'll start with the book and then I'll share where people can connect yes. with me. Um, so the name of my book is Market Your Genius. And uh, I wrote it specifically for um, expertpreneurs, people with experiences, expertise, or skills that they want to turn into a profitable business. And um, it's broken down into three categories. So if any of these categories resonate with you, this book will help you. Um, but the first category is how do you package your genius in such a way that people want what you have to offer? And then the second piece is, okay, great. Now that you have a package and this is what you're actually selling as well as how you're positioning it in the marketplace. But once you have that, how the heck do you market it? So we talk through um, your marketing plan and your sales conversion plan, because it's like, how do I actually get people to buy this thing now that I've figured out what it is or refined what I already have? And then the third piece is how do I deliver it in such a way that people not only tell everybody and their mother how great it is, but they become my best success stories and they also continue to buy from you because I think so often people are looking for new clients, new clients, new clients. I'm like, what about the people who've already purchased from you? Don't forget about yes. them and get some repeat clients as well. Uh, so that's what's in this book. It's called Market Your Genius. You know you have the right book if you see something that's bright pink because um, <laughs> you can't miss it um, online or in stores. And it, it's really been a labor of love. Um, Hay House is my book publisher and I love them to death. And uh, it's been fun bringing this book into the world. And then, yeah, if you want to chat with me. I love chatting. So you can do a couple of things. You can send me a DM um, on Instagram because that's where I play a lot, though. I also am on Facebook, but um, I'm at Nikki Nash official on both platforms. And then you can always, I don't know, head to my website, NikkiNash.co and watch some cool content. We're constantly <laughs> putting up new blog posts and podcast episodes and, um, you know, free trainings and stuff like that. So that's another great place to, to connect with me. Incredible. Well, we are going to pop all of the links to your Instagram, your website, and your book, Market Your Genius, in our show notes. So if you're listening and you want to learn more, that framework that you just spoke through for Market Your Genius sounds so simple and effective. So if you want to check that out, head on over to our show notes and you can click through and, and check out all of those wonderful things. But thank you so much for joining us, Nikki. It has been a pleasure having you on the show and chatting with a fellow marketing woman. So thank you so much. And I'm really excited to see all the wonderful results that our listeners get from listening to this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play -play for this week. I hope that you found this episode helpful and I hope that this gives you the confidence boost that you need to position yourself as an expert, as an authority in your industry, especially if you are a service provider. Now, if you want to check out all those links from today's episode, check out Nikki's book, check out her Instagram and her website, head on over to our show notes and you will find everything you need in there. Music from today's episode is by my dear friend, Jake Scott. You can listen to him on Apple Music and Spotify. As always, have a wonderful week and I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place. Go get them.